So, uh, so what I want to, okay, I want to make sure we hit, I'm recording now. Okay. I'll stop fiddling with this. <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop opening your mail. Uh, it's time to get serious. All right. <laughs> um, okay. So there's a few topics I want to, I want to cover, uh, because I've, I finished Shadow of War. Okay. I, when I say I finished, there's like two endings. So I got both endings. Oh, so you double finished it. Double finished it. Okay. Um, I've played, I've started playing Chrono Trigger. I'm not sure where I am percentage-wise in Chrono Trigger. Nowhere near finished. I, that's the feeling I get, because I feel like I've been playing it forever. Uh-huh. But that it just keeps going. And I, 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 I'll say this. I just got to the point where I got the time machine with wings on it. And so I, it, so I get the feeling that it's like, I'm like a third of the way through. That's... <laughs> I, that's like you just started the game. Oh, I guess it's not really, but I mean, now that you've got that, now you can actually play the game. That's that's my takeaway. Yeah. Um, now that you've got the time machine, because before I can't remember, you like kind of involuntarily traveled through time before that, right? More or less, it's mostly, and that's that's one of the problems I have with the game is that the, like the story is just kind of a mess. <laughs> and uh but it's like not surprising because it is a jrpg and mm-hmm. and those are tr- traditionally like kind of hard to follow and full of a lot of like i guess cultural assumptions from japan japan <laughs> and uh poorly localized on top of it and so it's just but also this one includes time travel so it's like oh <laughs> But I got you. Do you have all the characters at least? No, I don't. Because you get Magus, or Magnus, Magus, Magus. Yeah. At one point. Yeah. As part of your party. Well, maybe he's kind of an optional. Oh. It, do you get him if you? Because I got to the point where you have to fight him, mm-hmm. or you choose to fight him, mm-hmm. and um, I got game over after I chose to fight him, and that's when I quit because I thought it was a scripted battle. And then it turned out it wasn't, and uh, that's where I was, like, last night, and I said, I'm going to step away from this for a little bit, because I forgot to save before going to this dialogue. <laughs> and my last save is, like, from an hour before, so. Uh, possibly? I don't know. Oh. You should probably just Google, how do I get Magus? Is he worth getting? Up. He's really great. So here's the thing. He's one of the strongest characters, uh-huh. but I don't think he has any dual techs, or he has very he has very few, if he has any. Uh-huh. So he's he's like very strong, but also like doesn't play well with others. Okay, because what I've been doing right, my current party has been Frog Guy, Robot, and Chrono. Right, and so you do Bubble Heal and. Some other craziness. Yeah, I do like I can do like heal wave and cure two and, and X strike is X strike, cool. but also triple delta strike or whatever is pretty much what I use on most bosses. This is like delta thing, delta thing, and then if my health starts getting low, it's like mass heal, mass heal, delta thing, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's been really good. Like I've, yeah, like those guys are real good, and then they killed Chrono. Which I named what? So here's the great thing. I I named I named Chrono what? And I named uh 
the cave girl help. Mm-hmm. And I named the frog guy gross. And so it's pretty good. It's pretty, sentences are pretty good. Because I did not expect how many times people would just start shouting, what? <laughs> At the screen. Uh-huh. <laughs> Especially with the way the cave girl talks. Because then she's, she's like, help says, what help what? <laughs> You know, this is like, there's a lot of grammatical issues that start to pop up. And maybe that's what's making it a little harder for me to follow what's going on. Possibly. Yes. (laughs) But I was thinking, everybody everybody seems a little unsure about what they're saying, because they're just like, we we should, we should go help out. What, uh, we we should go, we should go help them out. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that might that might have an effect on the uh the narrative a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, on the square thing, I got the final fantasy 12 uh zodiac edition or whatever, like the the fancy like redone one for PS4 that has the zodiac job system stuff which was a re-release from Japan. So you remember when we talked, I, I remember talking to you about Final Fantasy twelve, and one of the comments that I made to you about it at one point was how, like, so I really love the Gambit system. Yeah. And one of my complaints was that it takes you, like, most of the game before you unlock all of the Gambit stuff. hmm And, like, how that was, like, really annoying because, like, I wanted to program my guys really good early on but i was like totally locked and it was frustrating because i had to they they kind of had to act sort of stupid until i got all that stuff yeah so so there's like the extra burden of like having to micromanage people yeah early on and then it gets easier later if you program them right Yeah. yeah so one of the things so in this version of the game Pretty straight up, as soon as you can buy gambits, you can buy all the gambits. Oh, nice. And so I immediately bought all the gambits. <laughs> uh, so that was great. Another thing that I complained about was the, the license board thing. It seemed kind of dumb and it seemed kind of just dumb the way it was done. I don't know what that means. Okay, so there's this huge whopping board called the license grid. You remember the sphere grid? Uh huh. From, yeah. From 10. From 10. So it's kind of like that, except instead of, like, that weird convoluted, like, sphere system and, like, the weird, like, orbits and crap that that game had, this game, it's like a big, it's like a big grid, and so when you unlock a tile, it unlocks the four adjacent adjacent ones. Um, but everybody starts in kind of the same place, and it was just kind of like, oh, well, you know. The rabbit chick, she's got a bow, so she starts with bows unlocked. And so it's a little bit easier to go down bows, but you can just say, screw it, and just make her do whatever you want. Like, And also, everybody can unlock every single ability. Like, there's, there was, like, the... um, So there's no, like, job kind of 
system. It's just like everybody can eventually get everything, and it uh-huh. kind of just makes it's co- sort of a cluster. It's like it's kind of actually a little bit better to be a bit efficient and specialize um, early on. Yeah, because you need you know you need to have people who can do things really well. Yeah, and you you get access to like spells faster unless you're just ridiculous and just like totally farming like license points there's no way if you're just kind of going along through the story that you're going to be able to unlock every single license for every single ability and piece of equipment at the rate that you acquire new abilities and equipment and so it is better to specialize like if you're going to start giving this guy like light armor, it's better to just keep going with giving him light armor and not switch to heavy or mystic armor. Yeah. Because of that. Um, but then the other thing that like the, the classic final fantasy 12 had was um, there are a couple of like exclusive things that you could pull that you could grab. And so each character has their sort of limit break ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and each time then you can unlock two or three of those and each time you unlock one it like adds a whole bunch more mp but it also like strengthens that ability uh that like limit break power or whatever so there's i think there there was like several of those that you could find on the grid but each but you could only unlock three of them once you did you were totally locked out of getting those limit breaks anymore and there are also espers you could find which were summons yeah. And there's 12 of those. But when you when you defeat a an esper, you can gain that summon for a character, but only one character gets to have it. So it appears on the license grid for everybody. On everybody's board it appears, but when you buy it for one, it locks it out for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so I remember like telling you like one of the things I felt like they should have done in that game was like have sections of the grid locked behind getting those espers. So it's like, you know, if you want to go get like the highest level, the highest tier black magic, you know, you have to use, you know, this specific, once you find this esper, you know, one character gets to go have that highest level black magic. Oh, okay. And that was something that I wish they had done. And so in the job system, when you start out a character's license grid, you choose one of 12 jobs. And so that immediately limits you to stuff. So like if you choose white mage job, you immediately are limited to just like mystic armor and staves and white magic spells and a couple of other things. And so you're already, your, your license grid is already cut down a huge amount. And on top of that, there are, there are kind of orphaned sections on the grid that you can't get to right away. And those are locked behind those espers. So they're made like for the, the white mage, the white mage can have, you can kind of shift the white mage into sort of like a paladin mm-hmm. sort of mode. Like there's a couple of spots, like orphan spots on the grid where you can get like great swords and you can get some, uh, I think some heavy armor stuff. And, um, but you can't get the, but they're disconnected. So the only way that you could get to those is to unlock an Esper and then like 
branch over to them through the Esper, which means only, like, if you have two people that are white mage, only one white mage is going to get to do that. So I thought that was pretty cool because it makes you have to, like, think about how you're, like, what job each character is going to get. Yeah. And, like, who gets what Esper, like, matters a lot more because it also, like, limits, like, access to certain abilities and stuff. Yeah. And so I think that makes... One, I think that makes the progression a lot more interesting. And two, it also means that you can play the game multiple times and, and you know, try different things out. So I think that's pretty cool. I'm I'm really digging it. Um, well, that sounds cool. Yeah. And they also got rid of some of the other, like, stupid bullcrap. Like, do you remember, like, the Forbidden Chest? Thing? Yeah, I remember you talking about there was one chest at, like, the beginning of the game. And if you open it, it it blocks you from getting like one of the there was, top tier items. Yeah, the zodiac spear, the fucking bullshit. So there's there's a weapon called the zodiac spear, which is like the best spear in the game. And there's and it's in a chest in a dungeon, like way way later in the game. However, there's like three or four chests that are just mo- some of them are just totally random. Like, just why would I not? Why would I know that this is I shouldn't? I, mean, I shouldn't do like. Yeah. One of them is like one of the first chests you can find. It's just like in in the first town, and it's just a chest that's just doesn't seem like it's in a special place at all. Yeah. And but there's like several of them, and if you open any of those chests in your game before you get to the spot where the zodiac spear is, and and get the zodiac spear. Then you can't. Then it's not going to be there. You can't get it out of that chest. And then the only way to get it is like this other. There's another chest that has like a five percent chance of appearing, and then a three. Like it's something ridiculous. Like there's a three percent chance that this one area, this one dungeon, will have this spear. And if it's not there, then you have to go reset the map and hope the chest appears. And then if the chest appears, you have to hope that the spear's in it. And it's in like one of the really, really hard, annoying mm-hmm. place with really tough enemies. And so, yeah, it's like total bullshit to try and get the spear if you fucked up and opened some chest at the beginning of the game because there was no indication that something like that even exists. So, are you saying that the spear? So, if you open one of these forbidden chests, that the spear is unobtainable? Or it's, that it does that random it chance. Does, it's not that it's yeah the the place where it's guaranteed a guaranteed find goes away. There's one place where you can guaranteed get one, and then there's another place that's a super pain in the ass Jeez. to find it. Yeah, that's like a that's like a, a, a vibrating game strategy guy. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. And so this version of the game completely gets rid of that too. Well, yeah, because it's stupid. Right. And then like cuz cuz game FAQs and other internet sites exist and you can easily just go like what do I need to do to get all the major key weapons in the game? But also online. but also like a chest like also like very early on they teach you to open chests because they've got good stuff in it. A well, game should not punish you for something that it teaches you as a reward. Yeah. I I agree with that 100%. But, like, why that was even, like, an idea, like, I can only imagine was to sell strategy guides. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a couple of things that were clearly in this game that were clearly meant to sell strategy guides. Like, this monster has a 20% chance of appearing and then a 3% chance of dropping this item and it's the only way to get it. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So you just have to farm that enemy repeatedly right. yeah. to get this one thing. Yes. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that sounds some, like some solid improvements to that game. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I think they, they definitely did some stuff to make it better and more interesting to play. Yeah. Um, the, uh, but you should definitely make one of your characters, uh, a white mage because it's pretty rough if you don't, (laughs) (laughs) or, or at least like, I wanted to make a character, like there was one character, I haven't made any character a white mage yet, which was probably a failing. But some of them start with basic. <laughs> so you're like, definitely make somebody a white mage. I didn't, I didn't make anybody a white mage. I didn't make it to be a white mage. But you should. A couple of, I recommend making a white I mage. I recommend doing now, it. No, I didn't. But. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, and I'm still getting by, but I recommend that you do. Uh, Judging from like, how I'm doing, I suggest you do white mage. Yeah, so. Somewhere in there. Yeah, so the issue is, like, some some of the characters start off with, like, a lot of the characters all start off with like one or two abilities. So one of them, a couple so of them started off with cure, but it's only just like the basic crap cure. Yeah. But I don't like, I don't have like a good cure. So it's like really shitty. Like some, like if I'm fighting a hard enemy, like the, like I'll do like cure for 150 health. And then the enemy does 120 damage in one hit. I'm like, this is not going to go well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I choose the <laughs> lick my wounds option. It's just like the so there's like one character is just locked. You're just cure bitch for the entire battle because literally if you stop curing anyone, they will die. Yeah. Because you're they're getting damaged as fast as you're curing, and that's it. That's all you get to do. And it's like, oh well I could use a potion. Potion does exactly the same amount. And it's just like, no, there's nothing, nothing I can do. Uh and it was like I was going to make one of my characters a red mage, but then I finally, I've, I've realized my mistake because that's the last character you get. And I still haven't got her. So I'm just like, ah, you need to get my party so I can have a healer. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's the problem. It's like, there was one character that like at the very beginning they present like, this character is going to be your white mage. And I'm like, Fuck you! She's gonna be a black mage. That'll show you for demanding me do it that way. <laughs> like, I know I'm like, right. oh gosh, she should have been a white mage. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, game. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Next time you play, you just make everybody a white mage. Yeah. No, I think my what I so after I do this playthrough, I do want to do an like, everybody's a red mage playthrough because that's probably gonna be pretty kick ass. <clears throat> Um, so, uh, how do I segue? Other games that we've played? Yeah. Well, because I was going to talk a little bit more about Shadow of War. Okay. Partially because there was a big stink about the game and having a bunch of, like, loot crates and stuff. Uh-huh. And people were like, oh, no, it's just a grindy mess in the end game. And well, I mean, do you even have to do the end game? No. I mean, you don't have to play the game. 
Right. Sure. But I mean, like, what's the end game? What's what's the point of the end game? So the end game. OK, so the, you you play through most of the actual like story stuff, which the story is the worst thing about this game. <laughs> the best thing about this game. Is the uh, is the orc writing like the uh, like tertiary orc like combat dialogue and stuff. And because they added it used to just be orcs, but now they added in, in these like ologs or whatever that are kind of like kind of like look like cave trolls. Mm-hmm. and uh they're great um and um and so all of that dialogue is like interesting and like the like the rare the the you played the first one right no that's still one uh, it's on my list but i still haven't done it oh well in the in in both of them they have these like um very like unique cases where like well, in 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 this game, like one of them is like a bard, and he carries a lute and has like a feather in his cap and everything, uh-huh. and so he like sings his like like uh, whenever you run into one of these orc champions or whatever, you have like a clash moment where if you like they if they see you or like you attack them, then they'll like counter and like you know hold your sword against their sword and stuff, and they'll like taunt you, uh-huh. and so you have these like encounter moments where they start to like try to taunt you and so the bard one like sings at you (laughs) and it's it's great like every all of his dialogue is singing and there's one that there's one that'll like speak and only rhymes and but also he's like bad at rhyming sometimes (laughs) Uh, so so it's that's the stuff that you really like about it yeah like that stuff because there was one because some of them are just like real dumb and some of them are like so it's and it's great because i can uh i looked in the credits and there's there's like you know one guy who was like narrative writer and i'm like okay that guy's the worst and then there's (laughs) three guys who were just like who are just like design writers or whatever and i'm like i'm betting those three guys were like the guys and like getting together and jamming on orc dialogue Mm -hmm. and uh and and like one of the big olog guys showed up because they'll also you can send them on. There's the whole nemesis system, where there there's like a whole you know army of of different orcs, and you can like convert them to your side and get them to like fight or ambush other things like while they're doing it on a hunt or something. Because they'll go on these little missions to level up, um, and so you can send your guys to ambush them. And like I did that once with one of my guys, and he shows up, and and he, and they taunt each other. And so this guy shows up and he's like, I told you I'd showed up when you least expected. And here I am as expected. (laughs) (laughs) And I just died. Like there's some really great stuff in there. And. uh, But so. uh, So I so I bring all that stuff up because. uh, okay, so because you talked about the end game. So there's like the main story stuff. And then you, you know, you, you, you beat like what is like the boss, right? The like story, story, plot beat boss. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a, you get into a mode that's like, cause they introduced uh, fortresses. So you can like build a fortress and because in the first game you've got like two maps and then there's like a system of like, like low tier orc chiefs or orc uh, captains or champions and then like war chiefs. And you have to like you uh, unseat those war chiefs with your own guys, right? 
And that's kind of it. Like, that's the whole thing. And I didn't, like, I thought there was a, a lot of potential in what they had there in the first one. But once you kind of do that, it doesn't really feel like it amounts to a whole lot. Because um, once you've, like, converted everybody, it's like, well, where do you go from there? And then you just do the story missions. But in this game, um, each map, and there's, like, five or six or something, has a fortress. So what you can do is like there's like a, an overlord of the fortress and then there's um, war chiefs who own like distinct like upgrade parts to the fortress. And then you're gathering like the lower tier guys as your captains. And so you start you can like to take over a fortress, you build a siege team that has like different, you know, your your big guys against their big guys. And then you go in and you take these fortresses and during like a siege mode. And then like when you supplant the overlord, you, you know, can put whoever you want as the new uh, war chiefs over those different things. And you can upgrade your fortress, uh, like purchasing new, like additional uh, spots for, for more war chiefs. And then you can like cycle out like different war chiefs of different levels and like quality levels and stuff. So you can like, and then there's different, you know, upgrades and stuff for like each of these guys and their like little portions of the defense or the offense. But most of that doesn't really matter. It just gives you something to do after you've beaten the story. Well, that stuff's part of the story as well. Okay. Is it kind of like is it like about as important as like building the towns in Fallout 4 where it's like it doesn't really matter? No, cuz this stuff actually has gameplay to it. Okay. Um <laughs> well, I mean, the Fallout 4 stuff has gameplay because if you make better stores then you can have better stuff to buy and well uh, okay but but part of the fortress i mean the fortress stuff isn't like so detailed as like you you make a store and you have like an economy and that kind of stuff it's but the the siege stuff and the defense stuff is like part of like the story stuff um and then there's like there's kind of like online stuff as well that kind of plays into it um but and it's not as important, but I'll get into that. So, so you go like part of the story is going through and like taking all these fortresses. And then the, the, after you like go through the main game, then the, after that is like a series of like 10 stages where you do like siege defenses on each of your different fortresses. And if you lose in that defense, then you have to like retake it. And, uh, and then that counts as your, part of the siege um but anyway people were talking about that portion of the game like it was this like grindy mess that was dependent on like loot chests and farming loot for like high tier orcs and stuff and i and i did not experience that at all like is this uh so is is the is it like, did they add a free to play or like a pay to win kind of thing where you can like buy loot crates? To yeah, it? you can buy loot crates. Okay, so that's the thing. So if, okay, first of all, this is my this is my like short shortest rant. First of all, if you if you hate the loot crate system, stop playing Overwatch because that's the reason every game has that now. <laughs> yeah, don't buy Overwatch and stop playing it because. Overwatch has taught all game developers 
Like, AAA companies now know that they can charge you full price for a video game and continue to charge you to buy other stuff for their game. Yeah, Overwatch, I think Player Unknown's Battlegrounds also has that. Yeah, everybody t- copied Overwatch. Yeah. That's that's my point. Overwatch is the one that caused it. Blame them, blame Blizzard. Yeah, blame Blizzard. And then, yeah. But no, people continue to love Blizzard for some reason, even though I don't really like the gameplay in most of their stuff. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> I am the same way. Like, their games are really polished and beautiful, but I don't like to play any of them. Yeah, I liked StarCraft. Um, I played that a lot. I think the last... I played uh, console Diablo 3 for a bit. Yeah, Brood, Brood War was the last one, because I'm pretty sure... All of the Diablo... No, no, I guess all the Diablo 2 stuff was after Brood War. So yeah, it was Brood War and Diablo 2 were the last ones that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they've got a very devoted following who will just play whatever they put out. Yeah, also, yes, Blizzard fans are basically the same as Apple fans to me. Like, I they, know. Don't, like they don't care what <laughs> they do, they can do no wrong. I know somebody who's both. Yes, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people uh, out there. Uh, okay, so, uh, so yeah, so you know, like, don't buy the loot boxes. Um, you can you you earn loot boxes by doing some of the online stuff, but like, you don't really get anything worthwhile out of them. I never got anything that I that I like. I got, I don't even. I got some equipment that I used, but like, the whole orc farming thing is nonsense like i i just used orcs that i got by playing the game and i guess that's what the thing is like if you don't like the playing of the game and you consider that grinding like i put a couple hours or something i played a couple like what i did was i like did some stuff to like cycle out some of my lower level orcs and then did like the online siege stuff to level up my like war chiefs that were in my my thing to do like some of the you know uh post game uh siege stuff like but they leveled up pretty fast it took me like two or three sieges with t- which both take like each one took less than 10 minutes like 5 to 6 minutes a piece i know because they have a counter and like you get better <laughs> you get better stuff the faster you defeat like do an online siege and so I was doing these things in like five or six minutes a piece. And I would do like three or four per map to like level up dudes to meet my level. And I was also leveling up at the same time. And just by playing the game a little bit, you know, here and there to like do that kind of stuff. I got all of my uh, all of my sieges or siege, you know, levels high enough to do all the end game stuff. But I never thought of it as grinding. Because to me, grinding is like. <sighs> grinding is like I, th- I think of JRPGs, right? I think of like. You have to run around in this. I think of like these forests. You, yeah, like... you, f- you find the one high level forest or a high level area that like has the highest level or the high, not even the highest level, but the highest return enemies, you know, like right. it's like the North Cave or something in Final Fantasy seven or whatever that is like. That's the place you go to and you just sit there for hours just like jamming X on something and it's a tedious like mind-numbing task that's not fun 
it's not like a, a rewarding part of the game. It's just a thing you have to do for whatever reason because you want to beat <laughs> some optional boss, you know? Right. But this is like, no, you're just like doing the thing you've been doing. And if you don't like doing the thing you've been doing, why did you even play this game? You know? And so I'm looking at it and it's like, yeah, it it took a few, you know, like not part of the like story, you know, missions through the the online stuff but like again it was like a total of like maybe 15 20 minutes per map to get my guys leveled up and uh and then it was fine i i just don't know it's like people didn't actually play it i don't know but you sound like grumpy old man they're like ah these kids today don't not willing to play a game to earn their things (laughs) well i mean it's like they were so quick to say like it's pay to win that they didn't actually buy it and now they're just complaining about it saying they turned it into a grind fest and it's like well yeah i I mean first of all first of all just like hearing the term loot crate loot crate at this point is now like is like pretty much a call to get like all the internet hate Right? Yeah. Like if you say, oh, we're going to have a loot crate system, it's like all of these games were like started development like a while back and have have been planning on stealing this, you know, yeah, Overwatch mechanic since since they realized how much money that Overwatch made. Right. You know, so they've been planning like we're going to fucking have loot. Crate. I mean, it was was it the Star Wars game that was the same way. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's like it's like these games that were that had started development like three years ago, yeah. four years ago, and they were like, are at that point they were like, well, Overwatch is printing money because of loot crates, so we're gonna have to do loot crates now. Yeah. So, and yeah, and it's yeah, we'll do loot crates <clears throat> because it's 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 proven like the it's it has been tested and and shown to be true that people will buy anything. Yeah. And now and now like there's a section of the internet that's just like this is this is gambling and blah 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 like get this shut down and and Well, number one, it's definitely not gambling. It's definitely not gambling. It's a little worse than gambling because you don't have the potential to ever get any of your money back. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like I was trying to I was trying to explain this to a friend. I was like, here's the difference I see between gambling. Like gambling you make an initial investment and you and you have and you have several outcomes. You either you either lose money, you break even, or you come away ahead. Right? And that's how gambling works. And and your incentive is either driven by I, I got ahead, so I'm lucky, so I'll put more money in and and maybe come out ahead. You know, or you lose money and you say, Well, I've got to make that back up. So you put more money in to try to either make make it out even or come out ahead, right? And so that that is kind of a weird cycle you can get into of like, surely I'm due at this point. So you keep putting more money in. Right. And then and then the either the the drive to like break even or the incentive to like get ahead in things is like what I think. I don't I'm not a psychologist, but I imagine that that's part of like what fuels like gambling addictions. Right. Mm -hmm. Is like this idea of like the opportunity to get more out of what you put in. But with loot boxes you're getting something every time and and you might think something sucks because you put in like three dollars and you got like 
a voice line or a spray or something instead of the skin that you wanted, right? And you and in your head, the skin is worth $5, right? And the spray is worth like 25 cents. But that's your own like mental, you know, value ass- assessment of the, of the situation. Like if you get a skin you don't like for a character you never use, that is just as worthless as the spray. That's not a $5 thing. That's like just as worthless, right? <laughs> right. And so... So I'm like, well, it's only the 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 amount that you get back is not like a gambling issue because you always lose. Like you're yeah. always getting a virtual good that you only you decide the value of. And so uh, or you always win. So y- the perspective of it is you're always losing because you're never getting anything like you're never getting any monetary value back or you're always winning because you're getting you're always getting something of some value back. Right. Sure. Uh, but what you're not, you're not, you're like, you're never going to come out with more money than you put in. Right. And yes. you're never going to, and you're never going to break even because you're always going to be putting money in if you, if you're doing this system. And so my relation to my, my equivalency was, you know, you go to, you go to CC's, right? Like you always lose if you go to CC's, <laughs> but, but you, you go there and you pay, you know, your money for your pizza and you get your pizza from your buffet, Right. It's a solid $6 investment that you've paid, right? And then as you're leaving, they've got these little machines set up. And some one of them has like sticky hands and one of them has like homeboy figurines, right? And so <laughs> you, see the, you see the homeboy figurines and you're like, okay, I'll put my 25 cents into this machine and I'll turn the crank. I've already paid a full price for this pizza, but I think I can get a homeboy figurine out of this visit. <laughs> and so you put in your 25 cents and you turn the crank and you don't get the homeboy figurine you wanted. Was that gambling? No. <laughs> like, you've got a suck homeboy figurine, but they all suck, really, if you think about it. And <laughs> But you still got something. It's just not the thing that you wanted. See, the difference I look at is gambling can steal from stupid adults, while, while the other game, like, uh, uh, loot crates can steal from stupid adults and stupid children. That, to me, is the big difference. I mean, the, the only way... <laughs> It can. It, the only way it can take money from children is if you are dumb enough to have your your credit card hooked up to that system. Well, fine. Stupid children that are owned by stupid adults. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, like to me, I'm like that. I guess I'm just so unswayed by the idea of purchasing any of that stuff that I've like it has no effect on me. And like, I know it, it, like people are like, Oh, it's predatory. And I'm like, is it, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess the, the numbers that nobody's seen because they're never paid public, like, like, you know, Blizzard's not going to print the, the findings of like, who's buying what and for how much, you know, like that stuff's all in house. But like, uh, I, I, I mean, it's about as predatory as a Steam sale, right? I mean, those yeah. it's like here, look at all this money you're going to save on stuff that, like, on like digital goods that you may or may not take advantage of in the future. So it's like, <laughs> right? What's the difference? Yeah, yeah. Like I looked at, you know, I, I bought a, a bunch of old Star Wars games off good old games. I played one of them. I paid five bucks for like a bundle and I'm like, 
am I ever going to play any of those? And like that decision is honestly what has stopped me from buying a lot of games these days. Is like, it's on sale. Yeah, I could get that for like ten dollars. I'm never going to play that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's part of it. You definitely have to look at like, is this a game that I will play ever? Yeah. Or will I just go back to playing more Fallout 4? <laughs> like I saw, I saw, uh, there's a part of me that really wants to play Cuphead. And I saw that it was on sale for like $16. And then I was like, yeah, but it's normally $20. Like, that's not much of a discount. <laughs> oh, I got Cuphead. I haven't played it yet. <laughs> But yeah. I did just get it. I ended up I, I ended up with a hundred dollars worth of Steam credit uh over Christmas. Yeah. And so I spent all of it. Uh, most of it was on VR stuff because I did get a Vive, which we will talk about. Okay. Um, but then I did get a couple of other games that I have not played yet because I'm overwhelmed with VR games and then also Final Fantasy twelve, also other PS4 games I still haven't played. Yeah, did you ever also, play Final Fantasy 15? No. Okay. Did you ever I, play Horizon? No. <laughs> but I did finish Yakuza 0, although I did not do everything I wanted to do, and I need somebody who's better than me at the dancing game to finish the last dancing game challenge so that I can get that subquest done so that I can do all the subquests. Yeah. Because it's all I've got left to cope get like 100% completion in Yakuza 0 is uh that dance game and then a couple of a couple of karaoke ones that I know that I can eventually get good enough to do and then all of the like horrible like Chinese gambling games which I'm probably just going to say fuck it and not even worry about <laughs> because at this point the only the only reward I have yet to get for both characters is the infinite run thing which isn't really necessary when you have infinite money and you can just toss it to distract people. Like I thought you were going to like say when you can just pay somebody to run for you. Well, one, you have infinite if you have infinite money, yeah, pay somebody to run for you. Like if you're trying to get somewhere, you can just and people are in your way, you just throw money to to distract them to get them out of your way or you just take a taxi. Uh-huh. And the taxis are super cheap. Like you can beat up two guys and take a cha- taxi for like a month. <laughs> taxi everywhere. <laughs> I just love that perspective. <laughs> you can beat up two guys and take a taxi for a month. <laughs> it's true. Um so yeah, I I finished Yakuza 0 because I wanted to get that damn game out of my disk drive before I put something else into it. I wanted to have it like at least I had like played through the story which uh it's just I don't really care about the story. That part was really never what mattered. It was all about the mini games. Well, yeah, it's all about you know uh, your idol. What is it? What is it? Your hostess club. Yes. And your uh, your real estate uh, real management. estate management. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So all of that. Well, I have to get you Yaku uh, Yakuza Kawami. For your birthday, is that just that's the a remake of, of mini games? No, that's the remake of one using the Yakuza Zero engine. Okay, but it also references a lot of stuff from Yakuza Zero, or the other way around. No, Doesn't... no, no, because Yakuza Zero made some changes to the plot 
that because my roommate has played all the Yakuza games. Uh huh. And he was like, oh, yeah, they made some significant changes based on Yakuza 0 to this game. Oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> fine. But also they added some stuff like uh, they had they added this thing. Uh, you, you remember um, what was his name? The guy with the eye patch. Yeah. Uh, 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 Majima. Uh, Majima. Yeah. There's this thing called Majima everywhere, <laughs> and so you will just because you can only play as the the other guy, Kazuma or something. Uh-huh. Kiryu. Kiryu. Yeah. And so you run you run around as Kiryu the entire game, but they included uh, Majima, and. Uh, and so you'll just be running around and it'll be like a shaking trash can or something. And you run up to the shaking trash can and it's and it's uh, Majima in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll fight you. And so, yeah. OK, well, that's weird. Yeah, it's great. Cool. Uh, well, maybe they'll remake all of them with the Yakuza Zero engine. It's kind of what I'm hoping is that they just like remake all of the... Um, because there's like they 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 released six as well, using that same engine. Hmm. So there's like zero, one, and six on that engine. Kind of like how they redid all of the Final Fantasy games, like all of the old two D Final Fantasy games with a kind of a more modern look. Like they put them all on iPad and then put them all on Steam and various oh. other places. Uh, except this is like well done. Those <laughs> I I've heard are, are pretty slapdash jobs. Some of them, like, some of them tried, like, they made six or five and tried to do it 3D or something. Like, some of them, like, oh, that doesn't seem like they should have done that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that, well, just, that just allows them, they, they've new coked them, so that just allows them to release, like, Final Fantasy V Classic, where it oh, uses yeah. the original art and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and but, I don't know. So... There are some other games that I've played. So the Vive, so you got a chance to play it. So what yeah. were your thoughts? Well, okay, so I've played I played a little bit on the Oculus as well. Uh, and but this is the first time I've actually used the Vive. Uh, and and I was using the Oculus with like the touch controls and stuff like that. And I played Robo Recall on that. And, and so now I've played the Rick and Morty thing on the Vive. And I got to say like with the Rick and Morty thing, like I was pretty impressed with how much um, physical interaction they allow and how much they account for. Yeah, the and, Rick and Morty uh, game is actually pretty solid. There's a lot of, it's like, so I, I was playing that game one day. I mean, it's it's if you just run through like the the menial tasks that Rick gives you to do, like you can play through it pretty quickly. But uh-huh. like I was in that game for like three hours once and you start to lose track of where you really are as a person and what time it is <laughs> when you're in VR for that long. But yeah, there, there was the time where, uh, let's see, I wasn't, I wasn't so far to the edge that I could totally see the grid, but I was trying to reach something like past it and the grid, you know, representing like where the wall I guess is. Yeah. And so I was trying to grit something just outside of it. And I just like, smacked the wall a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and that was disappointing but yeah it, you do kind of get a you start to like um just the the longer you're in it the more familiar it starts to feel and the less like 
guess the less foreign it is and the more like just accustomed to yeah i can just walk around and like pick stuff up and like for the most part physics and things like operate like i expect yeah and that was one of the that was one of the most um like initial uh like wow moments was i'm so used to um larger scale games like collision being way off like no concave can collision like concave collision does not happen and so you know you you pick up a bucket or something or a trash can and it's like you try to like put that on some guy's head and nine times out of ten it's gonna like just you know uh bounce off the the ridge of the rim of that thing and like land on the floor but but this one even just like taking the bottle of detergent taking the cap off and like pouring the detergent into the cap and it working. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> like that. And then I picked up a random bucket and poured detergent in there and sloshed the bucket around and like spilled some out. And I was like, Holy crap. Like they really, they really put stuff, put like detail into some of this stuff. And like visually, it, you know, it looks like more or less the cartoon like it's not exactly there because it's kind of in that weird like N64 era of of like cartoon 3D translations where it's like it's like not it's still very it's very 3D looking it doesn't doesn't have the cell shaded shaders quite right yeah like the the shading and and you know outlining and stuff isn't there but it still feels very much like a like a 3D space but still like you you pick some you pick up a bottle and you like smash it on the table and it breaks in a convincing enough way and it's like oh or you just like grab a thing and huck it and there it is it flies off you know and that's one of the things about like i guess having such a confined vr space because it is a pretty small area that you get to move around in yeah most of the time you just you're just kind of stuck in Rick's garage yeah so most of the interaction you do is in there you can go to a couple of other places which are like equally as small or smaller well i mean yeah they're all they're all kind of within the bounds of like where you can walk in a vive space yeah so but um but because it's such a small like room that you're in the like amount of i guess the the amount of simulation that's able to happen can be amped up so the amount of detail that you can can, can put into physical interactions and stuff is like the threshold is higher on that stuff because the world detail is so low yeah but and and the other thing i like about it is it's still very rick and morty humor it's got like oh the, yeah the, the, the voice actors are you know very active in it the whole time you're playing it's just the one well i guess there's a couple there's the dad is in it yeah and then mr poopy butthole which is still just the one yeah it's like but it's like it's it's just it's just like they they trapped uh what's his name justin roiland in a booth for like three hours and got a lot of stuff out of but also like you when you die you go to that purgatory yeah place we have to answer the phone so you can die a lot Uh uh-huh and each time there's a different voice 
message when you pick up the phone. And it's they they start to get pretty interesting. Okay. So uh but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of detail and stuff to it. It's pretty cool. But yeah, like I've loved doing all the VR stuff. It's I've had a lot of fun with it. Um I have a bunch of I have a couple of other games. And one thing that's nice is there's a lot of free stuff for yeah. it that you can get. And some of them are like really short experiences, but it's still fun to like uh like I've got a you know sixty five year old man that lives with us and we put the headset on him and made him sit on a roller coaster and he like almost threw up. That was pretty <laughs> great. Um <laughs> uh, Robbie played uh voltron he's a big voltron fan so we got the voltron game with like six bucks uh-huh and um do you pilot the the cats yeah you can pilot the you're you're basically you pilot the blue line you can you can become the princess and pilot the spaceship um but yeah so like he just got a huge kick out of that because you know it's like he hadn't done vr before and all of a sudden like the blue line is just like standing over him roaring at him and stuff and nice you know, there's some, you know, it's just really exciting. And uh, yeah, and it, and it came with Fallout 4, which I just kind of started to get into. And um, I still, I'm not very good at the melee combat. I still haven't exactly figured out how to do that. But um, shooting shooting the guns felt really good. Yeah. Like, I'm not very good at shooting with a gun. But when, when you actually pull it up to your eye and sight, like, that was pretty satisfying. How does VATS work in VR? Um. I haven't done VATS yet, but I was never like a VATS, like in Fallout 4, I was never really a big VATS user. For me, VATS was always like a desperation kind of. Oh, I'm just a VATS fiend. I know. You're like a VATS hound. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I did not, I didn't do a whole lot of it, but I'm not sure. I imagine you just going more of like a bullet time mode and, but I don't know. I haven't done it. So I'll I'll have to get back to you on that. Hmm. Because I was just going through the tutorial, and it's like I'm not, I'm not going to vats to kill a cockroach. Like, also, I just I wanted to get better at like learning how to fire the gun and, and yeah. stuff. How is moving? So there's it's interesting. There's two ways that you can do movement. It's nice because they realized that they're you know they 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 allow like two different options for movement. Yeah. So there's um. You can do like the teleportation style movement, which a lot of games do. Like Rick and Morty has that. Like there's a mm-hmm. couple of stations and you can teleport to them. Um, so you can do teleport style movement, which is kind of funny because you can teleport like on top of tables and stuff. And instead of having to jump, I guess. You yeah. Can just teleport. And so I was like kept constantly teleporting on top of desks and everything. Um and you know, so you know how Fallout has like the uh, endurance system where you can sprint for only so long, and then you have to walk. Yeah. So with, if you're in teleport mode, you can do like a far teleport, which counts as a sprint, or a short teleport. And based on your endurance value, you can only far teleport so far or so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, you're stuck with just kind of the short teleport jumps does that eat your action points um yeah it must that must be how it works yeah um because that like once you do it so many times you're out of ap and you can't yeah go anymore um but then they also you can also do like controller based movement like use you use like one of the vibe pads as like a d-pad um but that makes a lot of people sick (laughs) yeah 
I, I, I kind of imagine it would. Uh, so I think it's, it's really, but you can kind of set it up how you want. So I, but that also means if you do it that way, it's a little bit easier to play from like a seated position. Yeah. I think. Um, and uh, we kind of lose some of the. Um, spatial immersion of being able to walk around yourself, though. Yeah, I mean, and that was one of the things that made me choose the Vive over an Oculus in the first place was I wanted to be able to have that like space to move around in. Which the Oculus has that now, too. Okay, well, at the time when I was thinking about it, I wanted, I don't know. <laughs> last week? Yes, last <laughs> week. Uh, but uh, anyway, the uh, uh, the other, I guess the other thing was, I mean, I mean, I don't know. The other thing was that I, uh, with the movement, uh, there's other, there's some other things you can customize, which I have to decide whether or not I'm going to do it or not. But like, so with sneak, you can, you can go into sneak mode with like a button press, but you could also like literally have to literally crouch, crouch. sneak. And I kind of want to try that just, just to, to work your calves. Or yeah, your exactly. Thighs. Get some like, get some like rocking quads. Cause like I am sneak everywhere. That's how I, that's like my default movement was generally sneaking. Or, or you can just sit on the floor and tap. Yeah. Tap forward. <laughs> yes. I am sneaking. <laughs> yeah. But so, the, yeah. So there's that. Um, one of the games that I got before Elite Dangerous actually has a VR mode. And yeah. I haven't I haven't done that yet. I'm hoping that it makes it easier to, like, look around and fly the plane. Because I was trying to just do, like, the combat tutorials and was just like, I couldn't even make it past, like the second tutorial on combat because it was like so difficult to figure out how to steer and attack. And like, basically this is like my combat tutorial is like, I'm flying, I'm turning, I'm turning, I'm turning. The guy looks like he's constantly behind me. I have no idea where he is. Mm -hmm. I have no idea how to figure out where he is. I'm turning, I'm turning, I'm dead. Mm. It was just like, it was really frustrating. Sounds like a dog fight. Yeah, it was awful. But like, remember, like freelancer. I mean, you could do yeah. get a little bit out of freelancer, but like, there was like you could actually fucking figure out where they were. Like, yeah. it would it would do like little indicators like around like your HUD to say like, hey, there's somebody this way. I, this one, you get nothing. I think I think that might be it. Like, from what I've seen of Elite Dangerous, is it's more like a sim, like it's more like a space sim. So you, it might be like a control or something you have to turn on. Or something. Ugh. Oh no! I th or I think maybe it's like a fucking upgrade you have to get or some bullshit. <laughs> Radar. Yeah. Yikes. Like there may be some like ship upgrade that you have to get, which they should just fucking give that to you in the tutorial on how to do combat if they want you to learn how to do it. Like that's some retarded crap. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. Uh. But yeah, that stuff's fun. Uh. There are some other games I actually played. Uh, because I was on vacation for quite some time, mm -hmm. so not Cuphead though. No, not Cuphead. Okay, so this is another one that I played. Because uh, I think I told you that I I did play Last Word, right? I told you about that one already. Mm, is like, that like an argument simulator? <laughs> kind of. It was like a it was like an RPG that's themed around discussion. 
I don't know. It's all about like talking. Like every character has like a name, like Chattermouth or something or Gossip or whatever. But like it's like a weird like sh- it's a short little RPG where the battle is like takes the form of arguments. I guess like you'll t- like you're you're in a single room with a group of people at like a dinner party, and God, it sounds like the worst thing you, already. You <laughs> battle them. And it's like, you'll start a conversation with someone and they'll say, I disagree. Uh And then you'll go into like combat. And as you level up, you can unlock skills and stuff to get better at your argument combat. Uh Uh-huh. Is is that stuff like calling out logic fallacies and stuff? (laughs) I don't know. Like, it's all, it's, it's, it's very abstract. It's really just a battle system that's kind of like veiled behind like labels that make it sound like it's about arguing. Because uh-huh. I would really like it to be a little bit more about actually arguing than it was. It was really just like a combat system and and replacing hit points with this kind of argument sort of slider thing. Okay. But uh, so I played that one, which was kind of interesting. It's one that you could play in like a day and a half. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's really does not take very long to get through. Uh, but then the other one I played, which was I think was even shorter. And I only really downloaded it because it was free. Was Doki Doki Literature Club? Have you heard uh, of that? No. Okay. So for everybody, how much to, like Super Mario Two is it? It is, I think, about zero percent like Super Mario Two. Oh. Well, okay. okay. So for everybody that wants to play Doki Doki Literature Club, you should stop listening right now because I'm going to completely ruin it for you. So do you remember how I was telling you that I wanted to make like a gambling like casino game or some kind of like weird casual game where at some point like the character that's helping you through gets brutally murdered and now it becomes like a survival horror game? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's this game, except it's a dating sim. Nice. <laughs> so so it's like you're the guy character and you're you're going to high school and your best friend, who's a girl, of course, lures you to like go join her her literature club uh-huh and it's all girls and so then so you... it so it has the like this like uh veneer of like a one of those like weird harem anime things uh yes yeah sort of thing yeah it's like it's like yeah it's like oh five cute girls and i'm the only guy and they all want to hang out with me kind of thing uh-huh yeah um so i'll tell you like what i thought it was going to be I started to play it. It's like, oh, I think it's this. Like, for some reason, I had invented in my head what this game was. <laughs> and that, like, I'd heard about it three years ago or something. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, this one. I remember this Oh, it's one. this game. And, like, what I created in my head was actually probably a lot more, like, sad and horrible. <laughs> but, like, the thing is, like, it looks like a dating sim game. All of the advertising presenting it makes it seem like it's just, like, a silly anime game. But then, like, the one thing is you see a mature uh, extreme content warning uh-huh. before you before you can download it. Like, so it's, it's, it's like, like that's Steam, the one. Steam warns you, like, look, that's the yeah, that's the one thing that's gone is it's like so then you're already. So I was kind of I was like, hmm, I wonder what that means. So I started playing the game. So you like it turns into everybody has to come up like the literature club is everybody writes poems and then you you. You read everybody's poems and they read yours. And like when you're generating your poem, basically you just choose a list, like a word from a list of random words 
And based on the word Mad Lib, are you making a Mad Lib? You don't you don't even see what your poem is, but it's like, <laughs> like there's a couple of different girls. Like one girl likes cute stuff and one girl likes happy stuff and one girl likes mysterious stuff, or, you know, something like that. Uh-huh. Each time you choose a word, one of the girls will jump like, yay. And so it's like, oh, if I choose the right words, this girl will like me the most when she reads my poem. Uh-huh. And, but then like the weird thing is there's four girls, but only three of them show up there. So then there's one girl that you can never like do this part of the mini game for uh-huh. and so you're already kind of like what's up with that girl right like why is she so special and they kind of make her out to be like the the hottest girl uh-huh. or something um wait a minute is this the one that like starts getting really meta about like yes okay <laughs> yes it gets very meta yeah like yeah the the the, the other girl gets kind of meta and stuff but so this is what i thought it was going to be and why i had an extreme content warning was I thought, like, you start reading the girl's poems, and then the girl that you can't meet, like, you can't do anything with, her first poem is a little weird. And so this is where I thought was going to happen, was that you'd go, you'd, you would keep playing, like, just doing poems and poem, like, and everybody acts like they're all happy and having a good time. But then, like, what's actually happening is that, like, the fourth girl, the one that you can never get to like you, is actually writing down, like, She's documenting like abuse that's happening to her, and this is like her way to like secretly cry for help without actually telling anyone. That's what I thought the story was going to be. And like, later, you find out that like, she, and like later, like sometimes she doesn't show up, and it's like she doesn't show up because she was either like beaten really bad and hospitalized or something. And so that's what I thought the story was going to be. And it's like, <laughs> and it was it was just going to be like a game that like really like makes you think. And, like, you know, try to, like, and, like, make you think about, like, abuse and su- or and suicide and stuff. And, like, and like not even, like, at some point during the game, like, she just never shows up again. But yeah. Nobody like, brings it up. Yeah, something like that. Like, she never shows up again. And, like, and then, like, you find out that she died. Like, she killed herself or something. But just, like, through, like, through, like, you know, <laughs> other student discussion. Like, nobody in the, in the literature club says it out- outright. Yeah, and so it's like you find out that like she was actually like, she was actually like this was like her cry for help because she was the one that like had the idea of everybody like bringing poetry in. Yeah. And so I thought it was like she was trying to get you to realize that she's being abused and she's trying to get you to like go help her. That's what I thought the story was going to be, and it was like, and that was like pretty dark and sad, right? Um, and then, but it was like, and then like at the end, it's like if you know someone being abused, call these numbers. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I thought it would be that kind of a game. Crap. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Because like, also it was free, so I thought maybe uh, it was like that. Like kind it's of a PSA. Yeah, I thought it was. Game. I thought that's what it was. Like it's like, oh, I think I've heard of this, and it's like I created this totally different game. Over here while I was playing it. <laughs> this is from Scruff McGruff Media Corporation. Yeah, but no. So then what actually happens is instead, uh, it turns out that that fourth character, like, is, like, some kind of glitch in the programming or something. And she's basically, like, killing off all the other girls or making them, like, she's trying to program the other, like, messing with the code in the game. And so she's 
messing with the other girls to try and make them less likable to you. Uh-huh. And so it's like one of the girls like ends up, she's like, oh, actually, I just needed to tell you that I got really bad depression. And then like later she just like kills herself. Uh-huh. Right. So you go into her, you go to her room and you find her like hanging dead. And then like another girl like becomes like a cutter and starts just like self-inflicting all these wounds on herself. And just like, it goes from this like really cute looking thing to like these just like mutilated people. Yeah. And then like, eventually she just like deletes them. Uh-huh. And so then like, they don't exist anymore and she's the only character left in the game. And anyway, that's, that's kind of how it goes. And uh, you can kind of, uh, she, she talks about, Oh, I just deleted them. All you have to do is go to this folder and like, that's where her, their game files were. So I just deleted them. And so, of course, I'm like, well, duh. Obviously, what you do is you go to the Steam folder and find her name and just delete it. Uh-huh. And then that, like, won the game, I guess. Um, so it was, it became, it was like a horror game. Yeah. But it was like, I thought it was kind of cheesy. And I kind of liked my idea more after <laughs> I started playing it because I was like, oh, mine's like a lot more, like, like make you think kind of sad. Yeah. But- of course, I also just laughed out loud at the idea. I know, so, well, uh, I know but you're like a horrible monster, so. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's what that game is. But you can play through it really quickly. Yeah. Um, well, that sounds interesting. Well, uh, let's see. We're about a little over an hour. Um, you want to wrap it up? I guess. I don't even know what to call this episode. I don't know. We just like talked about stuff. Yeah. We, like didn't really go off on any pointless tangents. It's kind of disappointing. No. <laughs> um, All I could think of to call it right now is don't play Overwatch. Don't play Overwatch. <laughs> because that's the moral for everybody that hates loot crates. Yeah. And the other thing I think of is virtual fun. <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> One plus two equals virtual in the fun. Where's that from? I was trying to think of something for like Doki Doki Suicide Hotline. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right. But I'm glad we got it. Yep. There you go.